Access is the Young Adults Ministry of Resurrection Life Church. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kareens. Tonight, I want to talk to you guys. Uh, as you know, if you guys have been coming uh, the last several weeks or so, we've been announcing a serve project that we're going to do this Saturday, which is downtown in a neighborhood. Uh, we're going to go and serve with the Grand Rapids Dream Center. Um, and, and I think we have about maybe 40 to 50 of you that are currently signed up. If you haven't uh, signed up, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that yet again tonight. But um, I want to talk to you about why we're going to do that. Before I do, I want to I let you guys know kind of how the service is going to go. I'm going to start this thing off. I'm going to give a message and, and, and just show you why biblically and scripturally as followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to do exactly what we're going to do this Saturday. Uh, but before I do that, I want to I let you guys know that we have somebody here uh, who's a near and dear friend of mine. We've been, we've been boys now for a long time. I mean, it goes all the way back to high school. I was playing football at Kentwood. He was playing football at Granville. We were better than they were. And <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a microphone here in about 30 minutes. So he might say something different, you know, and tell some stories. But then after that, we both committed to play uh, football for Grand Valley State University. And uh, it's an interesting story how God has kind of reconnected us uh, over the last several years. Um, but we actually went into Grand Valley State University together as freshmen, and we roomed together during our first training camp. And uh, uh, I still remember in between freshman and sophomore year of college, Greg calls me up and says, hey, man, I need to come meet with you. And I went, I went back to my, uh, my mother's house for the summer. And so I said, sure, why don't you just come on over? So he came over to my mom's house. And I remember having a discussion, and he told me this. And you got to remember, this is, we just got back from like Panama City, okay? We were, we were uh, on spring break doing a whole lot of no good because we weren't following, you know, the Lord at that time. And, uh, and, and so this is just a couple months afterwards, and he comes to my house, and he's like, Kurt, I got born again, saved. I'm like, I don't even know what that means you know, and he says, no, I'm like going to follow Jesus with the rest of my life, and I know what I'm supposed to do, and I got to quit football. And I looked at him, and I was like, don't do it, man. I don't know. Don't do it. I, you know, the whole Lord thing, whatever you, you don't want to do with that, don't do it. And I tried to talk him out of it because he was a heck of a football player, and, and we were good, good buddies. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, spend my college career with this guy. We were tight. And he goes, no, I know the Lord's got a calling in my life. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm, I'm supposed to give up football and, and chase what the Lord has got for me. And I was like, okay, man, I'll talk to you never. <laughs> see ya, buddy. And he took off from my house, and literally we didn't see each other for like eight years. And, uh, and I remember I got, I got born again on May 5th of 2009. Hadn't talked to Greg at all since the time he left my mom's house back in college. And uh, I remember after I got born again, I remember, you know, and, and chose to follow Jesus. I'm like, I got to get a hold of Greg Mulchon. He's the only guy that likes Jesus that I know. <laughs> and I, I couldn't figure out where he was. I didn't have him in my phone. I, you know, there was no Facebook and all that yet, I don't think. No, there was. Um, <laughs> I just wasn't on it. And uh, so anyhow... Uh, yeah, it's a long story, and if I go into it, I'm going to cut into all our time here. But uh, nonetheless, I, I, after I got born again, some of you know my story. I swore I would never come to the church. And then my uncle, who attends Resurrection Life Church, told me on July 4th weekend, who I ran into Eric Vandenberg that, that day, who played football at Granville with Greg, played football with me in college at Grand Valley. And, and I said, hey, man, where's Greg? Where's Greg? I'm following Jesus. I need Greg. 
And he says, I don't know, man, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't heard from him in years. I said, all right. Uh, my uncle comes up to me and says, hey, you should come to church with me tomorrow. See, when I got born again, I said, no, I'm never doing church. Just me and Jesus, we're going to be tight. I'm going to read the Bible. But I'm not going to church because that's the place where people judge people like me. And it's the last place I want to be. And uh, so he says, why don't you come to church with me tomorrow? I said, no, nah, ain't happening. He said, uh, well, there's this guy speaking, and, and, and he's a former bank robber and a drug dealer. I think you might be able to, you know, resonate with him. I'm like, oh, thanks, Unc. That's like that's I, <laughs> and, but it flipped the script in my mind of what I thought church was like. And I, I said to him, come on, man. There is no church, and I, I wasn't raised in church, so I didn't know about church. I said, there is no church in the world that would ever allow someone with a past like that to preach. He says, oh, no, 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 it's going down. Like, this dude's preaching. So I thought about it, and I said, you're on. Come pick me up. If you come pick me up, I'll go, whatever. So he came and picked me up because I couldn't drive at the time because I was on probation and all this stuff because I got arrested before that. Well, we get to church, come in, and, and we walked right down that corridor right there all the way to the balcony over in the main worship center, sat up in the top, and I listened to this guy named Mike Benson preach. And, and I just thought it was so amazing how, you know, a guy with a past uh, like his, God used that and redeemed it. So uh, I, I listened to the message, couldn't tell you a word of what he said. I think I remember him talking about jumping in a creek because God told him to. I was like, what? That's weird. And uh, you're laughing because you guys know the story. Well, I come out, okay, I come out of the sanctuary and I walk down this hall and I'm coming back towards this room, the ground floor. And I see these guys out there in like tight under armor and like, you know, basically wearing spandex and their <laughs> chests are hanging out and their muscles are all bulging, right? And I'm like, what the heck? And, I, and I, as I come down, I lock eyes with Greg. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in like eight years for real. And we come up, we bear hug. I, and you know, you, you remember when you first got born again? Like all the fervor and passion and like... You just wanted to tell everybody, go and tell, and you didn't care what nobody thought about you, you know what I'm saying? There was no fear, you know, right, of what, what men or women think about you. And I, I was like, Greg, I just got born again. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm like throwing up on him, like everything that just happened in like the last, you know, couple months. And he's like, anyway, so we reconnected at that point. Um, it was... July 4th weekend of 2009, I can't, I can't ever forget it because we ended up doing lunch that, uh, that week, and we've been doing that ever since. And it's just been amazing to see the journey that God has taken both of us on, and his has been a little bit longer than mine, and, and I just respect this man so much, and he has uh, founded something that is really important and going to be a game changer for this city, which is called Grand Rapids Dream Center, okay? Um, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that tonight from Greg out of his mouth. But Saturday, we're going to partner with what they're doing to just go and love some people in our city and just obey Jesus' commands to love God and love each other the way that we love ourselves. Amen? Amen. All right. So before we get to my friend Greg, I got a couple things I want to talk to you about. But first, let me pray. Then we'll hit the word of God, which is a phenomenal place to start. Please say amen to that. And then we'll move forward. God, I thank you for this time that we have. Lord, I just pray that all of, all of what we discuss, everything that I say, wouldn't just be information, God, somehow it would get to the place of being revelation knowledge to us. That it would be your rhema 
fresh spoken word tonight. Stretch us, challenge us, encourage us, and mature us tonight. In Jesus' holy name, we all together shout it. Amen. Amen. All right, God's word. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 13 through 16. I'm gonna break it down for you. This is good stuff. It starts out, Paul says this, the area of influence that God assigned to us was to reach you. The area of influence that God has assigned us is to reach you. Now, let me personalize that a little bit. Four years ago, just, just about four years ago, um, Pastor Tom, who is here, leads a men's ministry in the morning. It's called Reload. And there was a young man named Ryan from Grace Adventures who um, was dying 26, 27 years old of uh, some form of cancer, correct? And uh, I was working in the medical device field at the time. I was sitting right at one of these tables right about back there where you, you gentlemen are sitting. And I got up because I had to go to the hospital. I had a surgery that I had to go to. And so I got up and I left and I, and I started to walk towards the back of the room. When I got to the back of the room, Pastor Tom grabbed the microphone and he says, everybody, I want you to stop. We're gonna pray for this young man. We're gonna pray healing for him. So I stopped right there in the, in, in the back of the ground floor. And I was crying, sobbing for this young man who had a family and, 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 and a kid or two, I can't, I can't recall, but had a family and he's so young and he's dying of cancer. And, and I have this young family that I'm raising and, and, and I just thought to myself how awful this is and here he is serving God yet he's dying of cancer. And I was weeping for this young man. And that's all I was thinking about and I was right in the back of the room. And as I bowed my head and I was, I was crying, um, I've had this happen to me twice in, in my life. But I, I, God spoke so loudly to me, it, it was as if it was the audible voice of God, but it wasn't the audible voice of God. I can't explain it to you, but I heard it from the right side, and, and this is what I heard. I heard the words, I'm expediting the process. It'll be three months. In three months' time, three months to the day that that happened, I stepped up here to preach the first sermon to a ministry called Access. And ever since then, that's been my area of influence. My area of influence was to reach all of you. And it's to reach all of you, but it's not just to reach all of you. It, it doesn't stop there, you know. I, I'm not here to just reach you for your benefit. I'm here to, to help reach you with the word of God and help you to grow spiritually and help you to chase after Jesus Christ. That's what my whole job and my whole goal has been is that you would grow closer and closer to Jesus Christ. And what that looks like outside of here is more important than what we do in here our area of influence, my particular area of influence, and all of us have an area of influence. Influence is not just for people who you look at and say, oh wow, they're influencers, they have influence over people. No, 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 no. We all have influence. Are you with me? So we move on. Verse 15 says this, but our hope, I want you to catch this, our hope is that as your faith, as your faith increases, our area of influence. Do you see? Listen, it's not about my area of influence. It's not about Greg's. It's not about Scott. It's not about Leah's. It's not about our, it's, it's all of our area of influence, which is godly influence. That our area of influence would be greatly enlarged. You know, and I'm so happy for everything that God has done 
you know, over the last three years and what God is continuing to do and will continue to do at Access after I'm gone. I'm so thankful for all of the spiritual growth that has taken place. I'm thankful for the numerical growth that has taken place because that just says, you know, things are healthy, healthy things grow. I am so thankful for that, but that is not just for our own benefit. It is for the benefit of the world around us. It always has been and it always will be that our area of influence would be greatly enlarged so that, and I love that, there's an always a so that. Why, 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 why? Well, so that we may take the gospel to places, to lands beyond you. In other words, so that the gospel would go beyond the four walls of the church that we meet in on Thursday nights. Amen. That's Why? So that you can take your faith as it increases outside of this place. You've heard me say it time and time again. That's what it's all about, friends. That is the hope. And listen, it's not going to happen by us going and turning over a soapbox and standing on it and telling people, y'all are going to hell. Turn or you're going to burn. It ain't going to happen like that, friends. Matter of fact, Lindsay and I, uh, we're in California, I don't know, three years ago, maybe two and a half, three years ago, and we were in Sacramento, and we were going through Old Town Sacramento, and we stopped in to get a coffee at this local coffee shop, and it was in this really high traffic area, a whole bunch of people walking through the streets. This guy turns over a literal soapbox, gets on it. Dude, another dude is actually filming him, and he got up, and he started with a, uh, one of those megaphones, repent! started just hammering people like it was horrible so you know what I did I started filming them too (laughs) this is how not (laughs) to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ right and I'll tell you what happened people you know he was drawing he was drawing a crowd but there's difference between drawing a crowd and building the church he was drawing a crowd (laughs) and then they were like oh that dude's what Crazy. They, they, they were leaving as fast as they, you know, they came in. But it doesn't happen that way. So let's see how Jesus said it's going to happen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the world's light, a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. In other words, he's saying, don't hide what God has done for you. Don't just let your faith and love for God be kept hidden inside of the four walls of the church. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds Glow for all to see. He didn't say to yell and to scream and to fear him into Christianity. He just said, listen, just be the light. Do some good, nice things for people out of love. Okay, just do those things. Why? There's always a so that, right? So that they will praise your heavenly father. It's interesting because they're gonna start, when you do nice things for people, when you do good works, when you do good deeds for people, your neighbors, people in neighboring towns, cities, whatever it may be, exactly what we're gonna go do on Saturday. When you start doing nice, this is exactly what the Dream Center's been doing now for two years. And guess what happens? Every time I talk to Greg, you know what he's telling me? Bro, they're asking me questions all the time. What church do you go to? They're gonna start asking questions. Why are you doing this? Do they not? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you down here? What is going on? What made you come down here? And you know what you get to respond? Because you're worth it. 
because you matter. You matter. And they might say, I matter? Who do I matter to? You matter to God. We're here because God loves you. And then guess what? They will praise who? They will give credit to who? And you get to give credit to who? Who? That's right. Let your good deeds shine before men so that they will praise your heavenly Father. By the way, that's evangelism, friends. You know, uh, all of us are called to evangelize. And I know that that's a, a churchy, you know, term that you hear, and it, 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 it kind of makes many of us go, ah, I'm not an evangelist. Ah, that kind of scares me. That makes me a little bit nervous. I don't think I can go down there and preach to people. Well, that's, you don't have to do that. It can actually just be by taking a rake and going and raking someone's yard. It, you can actually just mow your, your neighbor's yard and, you know, more than once. <laughs> so that they say, what the heck are you doing? Well, just wanted to hook you up. Want to do dinner sometime? <laughs> Cooking ribs tomorrow? Come on over. Start having conversations, and eventually they're going to praise your heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. So, Acts 16. Paul and Silas, you all seen this, uh, this, this movie. Why am I talking like I'm from the South? <laughs> you, you guys catching that, y'all? Because I was in Sacramento, but that's, that's like in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> wow. Uh, have you ever seen the movie... Yeah, it'd be good if I knew the movie. <laughs> Alexander and the Terrible, No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Day. Yeah. Have you read the book? Yeah. Wow, thanks. That uh, doesn't help me at all. That's great. Um, so never mind. This is a lengthy por- portion of scripture I'm going to read to you. Uh, essentially, Paul and Silas, these guys in the Bible, they're having a horrible day. Okay, And... I'm going to read you uh, 15, 16 verses of scripture, so I know this is going to be extremely lengthy, okay? But I'm going to do it all just to get to one simple word at the very end, but it's such a good story, i got to tell the whole thing, and we'll have some fun doing it. So Acts 16, starting in verse 16, it says this. One day, as we, Paul and Silas, were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters, so she was actually owned by some other guys, and she would actually make money for them by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, this gal was shouting the truth, but it wasn't to praise God and to praise them. She was actually trying to get them arrested. So... Verse 18, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, notice he says this to the demon, not to the girl, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grab Paul and they grab Silas, they drag him before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city goes into this big uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city's officials and they're teaching customs, this is what they're saying, they're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly forms, right, against Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. This is getting pretty bad, right? Yeah, getting naked and robbed and beaten, that's bad. So, 
they're severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. Now, the jailer, this is the head jailer of what would be somewhat of a maximum security prison, was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So here's what the jailer does. He actually puts them into the inner dungeon, which is the maximum security cell within that particular prison, and he clamps their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Let your light so shine in the dark. At midnight is dark, friends. They might still be naked. They're beaten. They're humiliated. And at midnight, they're praying and singing hymns to God. Now catch this. And the other prisoners were listening. How many of you know people are watching you? They're listening to you. Are they not? I think now more than ever, with all of the things that followers of Jesus Christ face, uh, you know, the persecution, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, they're watching us now more than ever. And, you know, they're paying attention in this story to two followers of Jesus Christ. But they're looking at us and they're going to take notice of how we act, how we talk, how we respond to negative circumstances, how we respond to, to issues that are taking place within our society. They're watching and, 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 and they're listening to every single one of us. So how are we doing in that? How are we doing in that category? We need to remember that we are the walking, talking representatives of Jesus Christ here on earth to a world, much of the world that does not understand him at all. Just be mindful of that. But when all eyes and all ears are on Paul and Silas, they weren't mumbling, they weren't grumbling, they just got stripped naked and flogged and beaten, and they were praying and singing to God. It goes on, verse 26, it says, because suddenly, you know, suddenly there was this massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately fly open. The chains of every prisoner fell off. By the way, that's exactly what happened to you when you got born again. There were some chains that fell off. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. You know, uh, I love this story, though, too, because it doesn't, it's, it's not just about Paul and Silas. Everybody got in on this. Listen, that's what should be happening within our spheres of influence, too. What God has done for you, he wants to do for others around you. But I just think that's so awesome. Every prisoner's chains fall off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't do it. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights. He runs into the dungeon. He falls down trembling before Paul and Silas. Now, please do not forget that this jailer saw them singing and praising God in one of the darkest hours of their life. Then he brought them out and he asked, guys, this is the jailer, what must I do to be saved? Now remember, people are watching your good deeds and when they see your good deeds, they're gonna start asking questions. Remember? What does this guy ask? Guys, what must I do to know your God? I wanna know the God that you're praising. I wanna know the God that you're singing to because I don't have that, but I want it. 
And he says this, they reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, along with everyone. And this is the one word that I wanted to, to focus in on for a little bit. And everyone in your household, that word, household. You will be saved, you and everyone in your household. The Greek word for household is oikos. It's a yogurt. It's amazing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Greek yogurt, oikos. Got protein up in that mug. Somebody said preach. <laughs> the Greek word is oikos. In English, so, you know, when, when you hear the word household and when you read that scripture, you and everyone in your household, what do you think of? Come on. What do you think of? Your immediate family, like moms, pops, brother, sister, right? That's because that's, that's in English, that's what it means to us. Now, in the Greek, it actually means something much broader than that. Now, it can mean specific household, but it also can be something that's much broader if you study it in the Greek in depth. And it actually encompasses everyone that we actually come into contact with on a regular basis. These people might be your neighbors, your coworkers, the local barista, the grocery store clerk, parents on your kid's sports team, your hairdresser, your professor, your therapist, your roommate, your business associate, your mechanic, waiter at your favorite restaurant, your dog groomer. Has anybody got a dog groomer up in here? That's awesome. Does anybody else have a dog? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, you, you guys were like all ashamed to raise your hand? <laughs> Did you see that? I asked the question, nobody, and then I... <laughs> oh, gosh. Could be, uh, could be anybody in your sphere of influence. So, all right, let's pay attention real quick. I know I'm, I'm getting a little goofy there, but... Uh, this is oikos. This, is, this means household, and it means your sphere of influence. We started off by talking about the area of our influence greatly being enlarged. So people who are under your relational umbrella, if you will, is your oikos. That is your household. That is your oikos. So let's get personal, and let's identify your oikos. First thing that we must identify is who are, number one, our people. Our people. You hear people say, oh, that's my people. Let's identify who our people are. Well, Mark 5, uh, Mark chapter 5, we find, we find this story about Jesus. He comes to this uh, uh, gathering demoniac is what it's called. What that means is there was a guy who was demon-possessed, okay? And, and Jesus comes to this guy, uh, actually casts out the demons in this guy, and it's a hilarious story because... He casts the demons out. The demons say, oh, can we just go hang out with the pigs? Just send us to the pigs. So they send them to the pigs, and then the pigs go for a swim, and they drown, okay? It's Bible humor because in another area of Scripture, uh, Scripture says that, you know, when a demon leaves, it goes to try to find, like, arid, waterless places. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem like demonic spirits like water, do you get it? So they say, send us to the pigs. You got it. Cast them out to the pigs, and then he sends the pigs into the water. That's funny. Nobody gets it? It's got to take scripture as a whole. Okay. So that didn't go over well. Um, so what happens is this guy, this guy is so thankful. 
He's so thankful. He comes to Jesus. Jesus is about to get in a boat with his guys, and, and they're about to go on their journey and, and continue on. And so he begs, he's literally begging Jesus. Jesus, I want to go with you. Can I come with you? Let me on the boat. And here's what Jesus says in verse 19. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home. Go to your household. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Now, I love this next verse too. Verse 20, here's what the man does. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns. By the way, these are the neighboring towns of that region and began to proclaim, turn or burn. No. He began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And check this out. Everyone was amazed at what he told them. Friends, your sphere of influence includes your immediate family, your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, and your coworkers. And by the way, I looked up what neighbor means in the Greek because I know in the English we think of it, okay, I live on a street, I live in a dorm, I live, you know, wherever I live, and these are my neighbors, the peeps that are right in my, you know, on my floor or on my street. But it means much more than that. It means anybody like nearby, neighboring. It could be a neighboring town. So this guy actually goes and and it says in, in, in another translation to Decapolis, which means 10 different towns around where he lived. Isn't that interesting? On Saturday, we're going to be blessing some neighbors of ours right downtown. And I also found it interesting. I looked it up, and there were studies that said, and this is according to studies, uh, that each of us have 12 people in our own spheres of influence that we spend one hour per week with. Is that interesting? 12 people? Not 10, not 13, but 12. That's pretty cool. But those are your people, and we're either impacting them positively, negatively, or neutrally. Second thing that we must identify in our oikos is this. We must identify our place. Acts 17, 26 says this about all of us. And he, God, has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. In other words, God has determined the exact time and the exact location that we are all alive in and where we live right now. And he's appointed, to you, he's appointed you to such a time as this right now. You're in the right place at the right time. But it's not just so that you know, we can reach you here at this ministry and have it just to bless you. We want that. Don't, don't get me wrong. God wants that, but it's for much more than that. It is to impact your sphere of influence. It is to impact your oikos. There's a story in the Old Testament, and uh, it's, with, it's with King Solomon. There's this queen of Sheba. She hears about all these amazing things that are going on in Israel because of the rule and the reign of this guy, King Solomon. So she travels from afar, comes into Israel, comes up to Solomon, spends time with him, right? And at the end of her time with Solomon and observing what is going on, why they're so blessed, why things are so amazing, why there's so much peace, why the, you know, the, the, the hand of God is on Israel so much in this period of time, and she, she comes to this conclusion. I think it was an interesting one. This is what she says. She says, Solomon, the favor of God is on your life because he loves Israel. That's interesting to me. I think that the favor of God is on your life. 
The favor of God is on your life and your life and your life. The favor of God is on our lives, not just for our benefit. But God loves the city of Grand Rapids. The favor of God and the mercy of God that we have received isn't just for us to keep to ourselves. It is for others to experience as well. That's a good time to say amen. Come on, church. And Saturday, that's, that's exactly what we're doing Saturday. We're going into take what God has done for us into a neighboring town to have godly impact so that his influence could be greatly enlarged in our city. Now, I know that in our day and in our age, the time that we're living in, I know that it's super easy to get caught up in how much craziness actually takes place in our world. I get that. I understand that every single one of you, all of us together, we are bombarded all the time. I mean, I can't watch TV without seeing a a commercial about animal cruelty, right? And I want to cry, and half the time I can't even... I, I see the I see the commercial on my own new channel because it's like so gut wrenching you know what I mean and or you know uh, you know some poverty stricken you know young kid in like Africa you guys have seen the commercials you see it, you probably see it on Facebook you probably see it on you know you open up the internet and there's a, another tragic story on there about sex trafficking there it could be all types of things you name it you've seen it. And here's what happens. I, I know if you're me, this is, this is kind of how I feel. Did anybody else grow up and, and your parents said to you, or like when you went to your parent and you, you said, well, hey, uh, you know, like your other siblings are in the, in the room or whatever, and you, you see some, some, some kids out in the backyard and they come to you and say, hey, can I go outside and play? And, and, and your parents said, well, we can't let you because if we let you, then we have to let everybody, Right? You've been told this before. You've heard this before, right? I can't let you. Oh, you've been on a team. Well, if I let you do it, if I let you get away with it, I'm going to have to let everyone else get away with it. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, can we promote this? And I say, I can't because if I let you, I've got to let everybody, right? We've all heard this before. And here's what happens. We, instead of, we get so overwhelmed with trying and wanting to help everyone. There's so many there's so many crazy things going on that, that it can become overwhelming to us and we want to so badly help everyone but the scope of the problems gets so big that we realize that we can't help everyone. So we help no one. And I get it. But let me help you. Because the truth is is that you can't help everyone and I can't help everyone. So stop trying to help everyone and start helping one. Does that make sense? Now listen, on Saturday, when we go downtown, I understand fully, so does Greg, and they've been doing this. This is what I love about what they're doing because it's so much easier, friends, for us to try to go so wide to fly, it is, and listen, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I am for global missions. It is a commandment of scripture. It is a commandment of my savior. I am for it. But I am not just for that in all the while the, at the expense of not even going into our own backyard, into our own neighborhood and helping 
people and places that you know, are hurting, our people, our place. We are appointed in this place, and we have a people in, that are in our, within our sphere of influence, our neighbors. And God says, what are the two most important? Just love God and love your neighbors. And listen, if every single one of us, instead of trying to help everyone, if we all collectively together just went down to help one and it looks like picking up a rake, picking up some trash, going into somebody's house, helping them out, bringing it out, throwing it in a, in a garbage can, I promise you that helps one person. And, and together, each of us can help hundreds and then hundreds can help thousands and thousands can, can turn into tens of thousands and then tens of thousands to millions. Listen, if we all just got oikos evangelism on our hearts, if the whole global church understood this and actually started living this out, I promise you, listen, forget, forget all the political agenda going on, forget the religious and church agendas that take place. If we would just get on God's kingdom agenda, we could make some serious damage where God's influence would greatly be enlarged if we just helped one. Just one. I fully understand, Greg fully understands that Saturday when we go down and we do this just to help some people, to help our neighbors out of love, we're not gonna see immediate spiritual Results. Maybe we will. I don't want to say we won't because God can do anything. But I'm just saying it might not happen. But that's why Galatians 6 verse 9 says, do not become weary in doing good. For in due season you will reap a harvest if you just don't quit. So I fully understand that we might not see it. But I promise you, the longer that we continue to do this, and this is why I love it, instead of going wide, you're going deep. You're going back down every single week. You're spending time with them. Oikos evangelism, here's what's happening. They're starting to ask questions. Who's your God? Why are you here? What are you doing? Well, we love you. Why? Because God loves you. And I'm obeying Jesus, my Savior. And then, before you know it, they're going to be praising your God too because it's authentic, it's real, and it's all birthed in love. Amen, somebody? So here's what I'm asking every single one of the access attenders. If you attend here, I'm asking everybody, everybody, because it needs to, it's gonna take all of us. I'm asking you, I know that you're busy. Listen. You ever go up to somebody and says, hey, how you doing? Just busy. Well, get in line. Like, aren't we all? We are all busy, friends. Can we just lay that down for a minute? We're all busy. Can we come to an agreement on that? We're all busy. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking from one to three on Saturday, if you would set aside whatever it is that you had planned, if you would just set that aside, and come with us. And I understand that some of you aren't going to be able to because of specific reasons. I'm talking, I'm talking about like, yeah, I was going to watch the Tigers. Or, yeah, uh, I had plans to like go swimming at the pool. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. Was that a pretty good You like that. But you hear me. I'm asking all of you, and I'm challenging all of you to, to come with us. Come with us. 
We are so much better together. Do you understand that? We are so much better together. Meet us down there, one to three. One to three. And, and Greg's going to come up in just a minute, and he's going to give us some directions on where to meet, and he's going to give some expectations and things like that. But I'm asking you, make time for this. This, friends, this, friends, is where Christianity, this is where the rubber meets the road for Christianity, is obeying what Scripture tells us to do, what our, what our Savior tells us to do. That's... It's just what we're supposed to do. So let's just do that, okay? Amen? Amen. All right, Greg. Would you guys please uh, welcome Greg up to the stage. Give him a big hand. Chip. Yeah, wasn't that awesome? Super powerful stuff. You know, uh, Kurt was really hitting on some powerful things about kind of who we are and what we do. Um, you know, something that I learned, so if you don't know me, um, I'm going to try to keep it brief, but being in all kinds of different evangelism for years, you know, what we did, it was very, very traditional, actually. It was kind of this crusade kind of evangelism, and believe it or not, it, it, it's almost a similar style of evangelism that the church uses, and it, to be honest with you, for the church and where the church is at, it's real comfortable. It's really comfortable. I found myself being extremely comfortable, and it was routine. And sometimes even in a service or stuff like that, it becomes routine. And God really wanted to shake up the routine, and that was something he wanted to do. And something else that God was uh, speaking to our hearts was it wasn't just even and only our everyday encounters like what, what you were saying, Kurt, but there comes that time where you've got to be intentional with reaching out. You've got to make it happen. And that's what part of Saturday is all about. That's what the Dream Center represents. Uh, Kurt, you were preaching it all message long, very, very beautifully. What we do, it is the consistency factor that changes. Influence comes from consistency. Because, you know, one of the other things, too, that I was caught up in also before God birthed this beautiful vision of the Dream Center was turning ministry into a one-time event. Just jumping in and, man, I'm going to do it. Oh, I did it, you know. And that's great when we can do that. The Holy Ghost moves and we break fear. But consistency changes a life. And that's what really Saturday is going to be all about. Um, super excited for everybody to get involved. And, um, you know, who else is the Grand Rapids Dream Center? How can we do what we do? It's exactly what Kurt said. It's all about the one. And, you know, you be consistent, you keep ministering to the one, the one, well, guess what? One becomes two. You keep ministering, you're consistent, you're consistent, two becomes four. And now here we are two years later, and I'm telling you, the impact that you get to be a part of Saturday, oh, my gosh. And I'm super excited because some of the folks that we're going to be ministering to in the city, this is one of the hottest spots in the city where there's a lot of need. There's a lot of people, there, there's voids of love. And, and we get this incredible opportunity to go down there and be a part of that. But it all starts with one. And I'll never forget, can I share a very quick story? Um, the first night, okay, we're, we're, man, we're going to do this. We're going down to the city. This, this, you want to come to the first night of the Grand Rapids Dream Center? You want me to take you back? Let me take you back. And so here we are. We're like, man, we're going to do this. We drew the line in the sand. This is the night. We're going into, you know, deep 
right into the heart of the city. You know, so just so you know, we call this part of the city, because uh, we speak life, we call it World Changer Central. But you want to know what everybody else calls it? The hood. And so uh, here we are. We're going to do this, man. We're going into the hood, man. We're going to do it. And so we got our, our time planned, and man, that four-week clock, man, it was feeling scary the week of, the day before. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do this. And guess what? It starts raining. And I'll be honest, on the inside, I was like, yes, we're going to reschedule. <laughs> and then God's like, no, you're going to go out in the rain. And I suppose, you think I'm going to tell you we had this huge army. Oh, we casted vision, man. We had like 20 people. No. Me? My wife and this awesome woman named Barb, which you'll probably meet on Saturday. Yeah, Barb Williams. <laughs> Thanks, Deontay. You know what I'm talking about, bro. And so uh, here we are. It's raining, and we get out there. And I'm seriously, this is a guy who's done crusade evangelism. There's, I, I've had opportunities where I've spoken to thousands, and I'm out there in the city, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> this is weird, man. What do we do? And then you got Barb and my wife, they're like, come on, Greg, come on, evangelist, let's go. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so we're literally stumbling through the neighborhood, and we're like fish out of water, and we're making our way. And I'll never forget the porch we went up to, um, and we we're going to talk about the one. Well, there was more than one at this porch. Um, Cass Street, some of y'all will be on Cass Street this weekend, recognize. Um, Roll up on a porch of a, a bunch of young people, mostly young men. I think there was a lady or two there, 17 to 24. If you didn't know, that's the hot spot age where, like, a lot of trouble happens. And I'll never forget, we're walking, right, and we're on the corner of the street, and, and we, we see them, and they see us. And then it was kind of like that decision time, like, do we, do we go? Like, yeah, 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 let's go. And then it was like, oh, shoot, we went. And I, I, I'm scared, man. I'm nervous, right? But it was like we walked too much, so now we would look stupid. And literally, I remember Barb and Leah, uh, my wife, they're like, Greg, what do we do? And I'm seriously, it was like this awkward. Let me come down here. I'm sorry. I get crazy when I get a microphone. <laughs> We're literally walking like this close, and Leah's like, Greg, Greg, what do we do? What do we do? What do, we do? We don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, it was like that awkward, everybody. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I can't even tell you what happened. I, I'm not even kidding. But somehow, like, they knew we meant good because our hearts were right. That's what part of the Dream Center on Saturday. Um, I, I, I'll take a minute to stop. I want to challenge everybody in your heart. It's not just about good deeds. Good deeds with the wrong hearts at dead work. And it will not mis minister to anybody. What makes us different, we do a lot of the same things a lot of people do. But you know what we do? It We do it with a pure heart, with the love of God. We push ourselves to be kind, to be slow, to be relational, to care, to get to know people. And, you know, it's remarkable what really stands out about the Dream Center when people call or they ask about us. It's like, man, those are some of the nicest people that I've ever met. That's what we hear. Um, never underestimate kindness. And I challenge you today, if you're coming or you're going to sign up, you know, just take, take a minute, get, get in your prayer closet, and, and get ready. You know, uh, maybe you'd be one of the temperamental bunch. Just, you know, get quiet, okay? So there we are. We're on the porch, and I met a young guy named Tim Suggs. Um, we might see him Saturday. And uh, 
it was crazy because Tim is like kind of like a typical troubled, like kind of a sort of a young guy. But we met him that day and um, we began this beautiful relationship. It's about being consistent. It's about being consistent. Well, fast forward, I'll never forget, a few months later, we, we had him at an open gym, being consistent, being consistent. And I'll never forget when our team, we're just with him, and somehow, man, we speak and we breathe destiny into this guy. The timing was right, and, uh, you know, he played it like a dude, you know. <laughs> What's wrong, Tim? <laughs> we knew the Lord was moving. Fast forward, walking alongside of him, walking alongside of him, uh, he gets his uh, license in order, right? That's a big deal for some of, the, some of the folks. We don't realize what we have when somebody walks alongside of us. He gets his license in order. I remember I personally get an opportunity. I teach him how to drive a stick. Oh, man, that's fun, man. <laughs> um, and the Dream Center, just literally, it's about the one. I'm just using Tim as an example. Um, teaching him how to do that, being a part of his life. Um, God provided for him. Guess what? Somebody donated a truck. Tim got a truck. Tim um, has been very passionately pursuing his goals. He's a youth mentor at the Boys and Girls Club. He's um, on our leadership committee now for Hoop Dreams basketball camp this summer. He's going to be a coach. Um, we certainly were not the only ones who've ever invested into him, but that's just an example of just being consistent. That's what influence does. And so Saturday, okay, building on your foundation, Kurt. Woo, believe it or not, I dance. Didn't look like it, but I do. It's due, it's present tense, not past tense. I know, I'm weird. You can ask me about that later. It's a little preparation. Some of you know me, you know it's true. <laughs> Um, you know, real ministry, honestly, um, I'm going to go Southern tuned, y'all. <laughs> it's messy. I love this in here, but this is clean. And this is nice. It's comfortable. And uh, that is a part of ministry, and we need this. We need this. But real ministry can get really dirty in a lot of contexts. And when you go into broken areas, it's messy. So here's another challenge to prepare your hearts. Um, please put aside any thinking you would have about anybody. Please don't come in thinking you're going to do your good deed and you're up here and the folks that maybe are needy or broken are down here. We're all the same, okay? Um, that's the thing about, you know, getting the heart in the right place. We're going to come, walk alongside of people. Some people, you might be just getting it on with a rake, you know what I mean? And that's going to be just communicating love. Others of you, you're going to get a chance to stop and get to know people. And you know what? We're going to encourage everybody to be in that moment. Um, it's going to be work. If you didn't know, the weather forecast changed. It was Saturday sunny. Um, now it's rain for the next five days. But guess what? We're going to still go. And uh, for us, rain is never a loss because it goes back to influence and consistency. Everything we do has community impact because when a dream center goes, we're there to stay. You're not going to get rid of us. Not because, oh, look at us, because of Jesus Christ. You can't get rid of him. And so, yeah, you can, you, you can clap. That's, that's his glory. So Saturday is going to be a win no matter what. And you know what we find in the worst conditions is when the community really gets hit by the Holy Spirit because it's like those guys are motivated They've got love in their hearts, and I'm super encouraged by this group here because already what I've heard from signups is 
Um, we're going to have probably one of the largest volunteer turnouts already. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys all in that. Right now, you guys can give yourselves a big hand for those who are going to participate. Go ahead. It's going to be powerful. Um, so we want to ask you to come Saturday. Be ready. So here's the stats. Just if you did not know, um, we're going to have a prayer and volunteer orientation at 1230 at Gerald R. Ford Academic Center. It is 851 Madison uh, Avenue Southeast. But don't be confused because if you use your GPS, it'll lead you to the front parking lot. You're going to want to make your way to the back parking lot. Pretty simple. You know, even if you got to drive the block, just go around the school, you'll find the back parking lot. That's the hub. There is a pavilion back there with some doors leading into the gym. Um, we're going to congregate inside of there before we begin. Um, thank you, Jesus. We got the gym this time, so we'll have bathrooms. <laughs> The hope is that we will invade 11 blocks. It all started with one block. Remember the one? Man, I'm telling you, this stuff works, everybody. This stuff works. It's not just Dream Center. This is the kingdom. It's much bigger than us. Um, so 1230 orientation, things go well. We're hoping to go over the game plan, send everybody out by 1 o'clock, and, you know, have our city invasion and uh, what we're going to be doing, we learned from this outreach when we engaged the community was that um, we thought it was going to be a spring cleanup like yard cleanup stuff. And there will be some of that and some street sweeping and, and some of that. But the community was like, you're going to get rid of trash? Really? Like, what kind of trash? How much? How big? And we're like, oh, oh, man, yeah, that's the winner. We got to do that. <laughs> uh, and so we're going to have seven uh, trash containers from an awesome yard waste company, uh, not yard waste, uh, waste management company, uh, Everkept, which we're so happy they're partnered with us. Um, they're not here, but give Everkept a hand. Let's give them some props for getting behind our city. We'll go over more of the strategy then. And then, FYI, we are going to have food at around 3 o'clock for all the volunteers and anybody in the community who wants to come out. And that's a super fun time because food is like community. Like you said, ribs, Kurt, and I just uh, shuddered, man, ribs. Um, the plan right now um, is going to be, I think, pulled pork, barbecue pulled pork. So it'll be legit, right? Uh, still pray for the weather, though. And I hope I'm, let me, let me double check. I'm getting all the details. My assistant will kill me if I don't. Okay. Three o'clock food. Yes, yes. Is there any questions? Logistics now. So everybody knows what they need to do if you're going to come. All right, let me pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for being here uh, tonight. I thank you for the word that went out. Your word will not return void. Just some heavy, amazing truth that went out. And Father God, I thank you, Father God, you continue to birth that in your church, Lord God, that part of your church that's here. I thank you for the dreams and the destinies that are inside of here. I thank you, Father God, you continue to awaken each and every person in here, Lord God. you got a special plan, and you're going to grow that influence, Lord God, with one, two, four, eight, sixteen, Lord God, and so on and so forth. So God, continue to do the work, Lord God. Continue to breathe your love. Knock down walls, Lord God, that may be holding back. Remove obstacles. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, um, let me ask this. Um, if anybody in here, um, I know there's a lot of good Christians in here, 
But if you're not where you should be with the Lord, just know this. Maybe hearing some of this preaching might have sounded foreign, but know the bottom line is God truly loves you and desires a relationship with you. He wants to be consistent inside of your life. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes religion talks us out of that, makes us feel like we are not good enough, but the truth is he does love you. So if you're not where you should be, and maybe there was a lie or an obstacle holding you back from this giving everything you have to God, um, he stands here tonight freely saying, come back, or come get to know me for the very first time. I did it through my son, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and through his blood, you can be forever right with God and be confident, and his love can flow freely inside of you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, really simple today, I want to count to three. If you need to come back to God, let's just be real. Let's be honest with ourselves today. If you're not where you should be, that prayer is for you. You need to come back to him. Or if you're here, and maybe the gospel never added up for you, and you've never really truly ever gave your whole life to God, but you need to for the very first time, this prayer is for you. Count of three, one, two, three, lift your hand up high if the Spirit is ministering to anybody in here who needs Jesus. Awesome, I see that hand back there, another hand. Praise the Lord. Those hands back there, I see those, that's awesome. Right over there, awesome. And uh, we don't have to be embarrassed tonight, really. There's truly God's love in here. Is there anybody else? Awesome, praise the Lord. You can put your hands down uh, with heads bowed, eyes closed. I would like to lead this congregation inside of a prayer. Um, I want to ask everybody here, for those who lifted their hands, let's pray this prayer with our mouth. Let's mean it with all of our heart and say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you. You are the Son of God. You came to the earth. You walked the earth. And then you died shedding your blood for the forgiveness of our sin. I accept that forgiveness. I enter into a right relationship with Father God. I also believe you rose from the dead on the very third day, defeating death, defeating the devil, defeating sin, demonstrating your power. I receive that power. God, show me how to walk in that power. And I thank you, God, for receiving my prayer that I am right with you and I am your child. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said. Would you guys give the Lord a big hand clap? We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to join us live, we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the ground floor at Res Life in Granville, Michigan. Or you can watch us online at reslife.org slash live. You can also keep in touch with the Access Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Access RLC.